When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. And a happy mother fucking Friday! <laughs> little... <laughs> you like that at the end? Little jazz hands at the end. <laughs> <laughs> woo Wait till my tap dance. nice dancing. when you add vibrato. <laughs> Until the tap dancers kick in. Amazing. Uh, Dave, welcome back to After 9. It's been a bit. Yeah, thank you. I had the uh, privilege and honor to speak to a class at Conestoga College last Friday in the broadcasting uh, Mm -hmm. program. So I had to miss the podcast, sadly, but uh, it was good to talk to the future of radio. Yeah, I did that yesterday. Mm -hmm. And, And how is the future looking? Oh, silence. Okay, all right. Well, no, no, no. Oh, oh, I see. No, I'm, no, right. I'm kidding. Not very fucking good, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. There's some really eager people with some really great that's ideas, good. and um, that's what you need to see. You need to see the enthusiasm yeah. and uh, people that want to sort of, you know, take the the reins and, and uh, you know, come up with some new ideas and and you know keep evolving what we do which is uh, which is cool it's exciting to see it it's exciting to be a part of it all right we uh have a lot to get to in this episode of after nine including the resignation of the health minister <gasps> people are doing it already by the way they're doing it already people were, were nothing but pissed off at this woman for two years she says she's not running and then it's like oh well she wasn't that bad what? Is that what you're seeing a lot of? Yeah. That's what I'm seeing online. Well, oh, it's sad. Well, you know what? She probably just didn't like all the protesters outside her house. We'll come back to that and talk about the, is that a resignation if you're just not running again? I don't know if that's a resignation or not. Maybe. Uh, Dave, we'll do this one for you because you probably go to a lot more rock and roll concerts than, than most of us do. I do, yeah. No, yeah. That delay is so I, it, bad. That's my thing. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, no, no, I did pause just a little bit there. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, um, the World Health Organization has given up on COVID. They, they've seen that the, the rest of us are done with it. And so they've moved on to a new area. And this might actually be practical. But I'm wondering, is it actually that practical? The WHO has issued a new global guideline for concert venues. And they're suggesting respectfully, that maybe Metallica, maybe ACDC, you guys should just turn it down a little bit because it's too loud and it's ruining people's hearing. (laughs) They say the average rock concert is between 120 and 130 decibels. They want it turned down to 100 decibels. Why are you laughing? (laughs) Why are you laughing? I want to, let's picture ourselves at a concert here. You're in the stadium, maybe it's Rogers Center, Scotiabank Arena, the guitar starts up, and as soon as those drums come, uh uh-oh, look the fuck out. Yeah, you're supposed to feel it. 
You are supposed to feel it. I thought that was the point of it all. But I get where they're coming from. And that it's pretty loud. Like, almost obnoxiously loud at some points. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. yell? Absolutely. (laughs) What did you say? Yeah. (laughs) I said absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, you know. that's It's so true, though. It, It is loud. But that's, I think, the point. Yeah, I, I love it. You just took me back because it's been a long time since I've been to a concert. I, I know most of us are in the same boat, um, but I, it takes you back to that times where you kind of come up with your own sign language. Like when you don't know sign language and you're with friends and you're like too close to the speakers, you're like, I'm going to get a drink. And then you motion for a drink with your hand like a lunatic. It just reminds me of those days. That's fun. What's the last like, concert? Is this person going to go order like... A yeah. big giant jug doing? of lime juice? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> What's the last show you went to? Last concert before COVID. What was it? Me? Yeah. Um, uh, hmm. I got to think on that. Go ahead, Kat. Damn. Um, oh, my gosh. That's a great question. I, I don't even remember. Isn't that bad? Isn't that bad? But I also had kids in the last five years, so uh, I went to much less concerts. Oh, Ed Sheeran. No, Ed Sheeran. I went to Ed Sheeran. That okay. was the last concert I went to, and that was only about three and a half years ago. David? I've been to two uh, since COVID, actually. Uh, one was when I got the concussion. Oh, uh, that's that when magical I saw, night. Ma- oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw Madison Beer, Beer with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> we should almost have her on the pod and tell her, you almost killed our boss. It's her birthday tomorrow, fun yeah, fact. Yeah. <laughs> See, she's not a nobody if you know when her birthday is, Kat. I just happen to look so at the celebrity list laughing. every day, but yes. <laughs> so Madison Beer uh, and, then and... I saw... Yeah, Crownlands is the other band that I saw. Uh, they're a very, a very uh, loud band. So I saw them at Maxwell's in Waterloo. That was uh, just before Omicron became a thing in our lives, when we were all like, okay, cool, this is going to happen. We're, we're back at concerts, and the place was full, and it's really great. And then all of a sudden, we're like canceling things again and delaying and postponing and, and all of that. So I'm trying to think if I have anything lined up. I know I'm going – it's a ways away, but I'm going to go see Metallica and Greta Van Fleet in Buffalo – uh, in August, but I know I'll be going to shows way before that. Hmm. I the last show I saw before COVID was Phil Collins at Scotiabank Arena. Oh snap! It wasn't very loud, and I was totally good with that. It was great. Uh, the other recommendation from the Who is that concert venues should have a quiet room somewhere in the building where you can go just to give your ears a break. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if if it's a big iconic group. If too many people are going to ignore the show and go to the quiet room underneath the stands. But what that would be perfect for is if you got to take your kids or a little sibling or something to like a BTS concert where it's nonstop screaming from start to finish. That is such a great idea. Sign me up for the quiet room. Scott, you make a good point when it comes to the the crowd, because sometimes it's not necessarily the speaker. Like, don't put it all on the whatever, whoever may be um, hosting this particular show and the speakers and everything else. It's also the speaker freaking screamers beside you sometimes where you're like shut up and you don't want them to be so loud i don't mind the quiet room i think that's cool it'd be i don't know it would be a nice break probably for most people but maybe i'm just getting older so i think that's a great idea isn't that it like i'm really aware of my age as i sit here and bitch about how loud it is (laughs) fuck well totally and i'm sitting here thinking that if you pay Let's use BTS as your example. So you're going to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for those tickets because on the secondary market, boom, it's going to skyrocket. So you're going to pay a lot of money 
and you're going to go sit in a room that's not where the concert is. You're going to go somewhere else mm-hmm. and go go have quiet time. Ah, it's kind of a waste of your money unless they're going to have what closed circuit TV so you can watch the show from the quiet room. Ah, I don't know. But you could have watched that at home on your phone. <laughs> I don't know why you would watch right. the show from in the building, but eh, somebody's going to do it. I'm going to say something that I don't think is going to be a popular opinion, but nine times out of ten, concerts aren't worth it. No. That's what I found. And I don't know if people just truly are the concert goers and maybe Dave you're, you fall under this category because I know there's people who just love concerts lo- don't mind everything about it it's fine lining up for a beer no problem having to shuffle your way through the seats and having to get people to excuse me pardon me getting into your seat I hate all of it I just want to see the act and if I have a really good seat that's the only time I go there's like I have a very short list of people I actually want to see in concert from here forward because that's how much I actually dislike going to concerts I don't like people around me they're too close I don't like the price of everything around me I don't like driving there and finding parking the whole thing's a fucking headache all to see what and if it's a shitty seat you might as well watch the at home concert version when it comes to Amazon Prime like fuck this that is my opinion on concerts (laughs) I just had to let wow. that out because truth be told, I'm not a big fan of them unless, like I said, there's a, I have a short list of artists who I would see every single time and ones that I've already seen that I would see again, Garth Brooks being one of them. I've got like Eminem on my bucket list. I've seen Drake before. I'd probably see, maybe see Drake again, but it has to be for me. I'm either getting a really good seat and I'm going to have to spend the money for it. And I would spend the money for certain artists or I don't even want to go. I gave up on concerts a long time ago, to be perfectly honest with you, for basically the same reason. If it's a box, like somebody bought a box or it's a corporate yes. thing and I get invited, yeah. Sign me out. I'll probably yeah. go to that. Any other time, I just can't because you're right. It's a bit of a headache. Uh, I do oh, want to. Uh, you, you like you all still of it? Like like, do you, you can tell me music, that you though. like all of it, though, or is it really, do you truly just go for the music and you put up with the rest because of it, or do you really enjoy all of the other things? Well, I don't enjoy the shuffle or the, you know, the lineups and things like that. But I don't think I think about it at all once I'm done, once the show's done. If I go to see an act, I'm excited to see the act. And and I love live music. I always appreciate an artist when I can see them live and they still sound great and they still put on a great show. I love that. And that's to me, that's part of being a fan of music is seeing that performed in front of you. It's still important to me. Um, I forgot. I actually am going to a concert in less than a month. I'm going to see Silk Sonic in Vegas. Oh, that would be dirty. Never a bad time in <laughs> Vegas. It's never a bad time. You're going to like that. And I bet you those seats are good because you're you're going to be at a are you going to be at a smaller venue? I think it is smaller. Yeah, I think it's um uh it's I don't think it's 5000 seats. I think it might even be smaller than good, that. So, so it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I'm really fine. really excited. Bruno Mars, one of the absolute best performers I've ever seen live, and I cannot wait to see him and Anderson Pack with Silk Sonic. It's going to be great. Okay, let's uh, switch gears. The Premier and the Chief Medical Officer of Health would like to discuss the topic of masking with everybody. This is the new controversy, right? Cuz at first it was can we ease restrictions? And we eased restrictions and everything was fine. Can we send kids back to school? We did, and it's fine. Hospitalizations have done nothing but drop. Now, can we get rid of the Vax passports? Well, we did, and everything is fine so far. Now, can we get rid of the masks? Everybody's wondering. And yesterday, Premier Doug got asked about that. Jack, uh, the subject of masking. Uh, I think we ask you this every few days, and I think maybe we're getting closer to the answer. So you've said after March break, you've said sometime in March. Can you give us a date for when the masking policies will be finally lifted across Ontario? 
Sure, uh, there, there's there isn't a person out there that I talk to that says they like these masks. That's first of all, and but I always follow uh, followed the health and, and the science. I've always listened to the chief medical officer, and I'm going to continue to listen to him. And hopefully, a recommendation will come over the next uh, week or so, or a couple of weeks, and we'll take him up on that recommendation. Yeah. Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because they talk to each other every fucking day. They know exactly what's going on. And, and Doug's thinking to himself, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just waiting for the chief medical officer of health to tell us when to do it. Uh, hang on. Let me check my notes and see when we told him to go out and announce it. Oh, yep. Yep. It's coming in about a week. <laughs> That's basically what this is. This is a whole game of, of moving the shell around. Try and figure out which one the ball's under. Who's making the decision? Nobody knows. Rah! People are a little worried about the masks coming off. I Like back in, in January when the hospitalizations were going up and they announced when we would reopen, that was because you can look down the line a little bit and anticipate certain things that are going to happen. And as we look down the line with our hospitalizations dropping as quickly as they are right now, it's very reasonable to assume that by the end of March, things will be fine unless there's a new variant or unless something haywire happens. So that was Doug, but then Dr. Kieran Moore got asked about it yesterday, and man, he stick handles a question sometimes like I have never seen stick handling before. Listen to this. Dr. Moore, of course, the big question in many people's mind is uh, the mandatory masking policy. Um, There have been a lot of suggestions from the Premier, the Health Minister, that sometime around March break is when we could see them lifted. Can you provide us any further clarity on the exact date that they could be removed? We don't have an exact date uh, date yet, Colin, but thanks very much for the question. So we've just reopened yesterday, uh, and uh, all of those large venues can now um, be at full capacity. We'll be monitoring the data in the coming weeks. I do agree uh, with the Premier and the Minister um, that because the the trends look so good that we can anticipate uh, uh, if the trends continue, removing uh, mandatory masking uh, by the end of March. And just like that, it's so funny. They keep saying, yeah, yeah, well, we don't have a date. But we do have a date. Well, we can't tell you the date. No, no, we don't have a date. Yes, you do have a date. You know exactly when this is going to happen. And to be honest with you, I'm fine because it seems like we're going in the right direction. I don't actually need to know which day it is. I just need to know that it's coming. And then I'll make my decision for me. And Kat's going to make a decision for Kat. And Dave's going to make a decision for Dave. But people are freaking out about this. It's almost like two different conversations are happening. You can read through the comments on any tweet that cited that interview yesterday or that news conference. Half of them are like, hurry the fuck up. And the other half are too soon. Oh, my God. Ah." We're ready, right? We're ready to to move on. You mean mean people are split on this? Yeah. It's very surprising, (laughs) Dave. I thought we were in total alignment on most of these things. But you'd be surprised at how divisive any mandate can possibly be. Uh, I do think, though, that uh, the testing requirements at the border are probably going to get downgraded again, which would be great for families that are going away for spring break just a week away will if they're going to announce it. Will it be in time for spring break? See, I don't know, because that's the thing. If they don't do it in time for spring break, well, they would have to do it for the end of spring break. So they could announce right. it sometime next week to end maybe the week after, and then all those families won't get dinged with it. If they wait till like the day after people come back from March break, parents are going to be right pissed off and nobody would blame them for that. Mm -hmm. So I would assume that we're going to get an announcement next week. And if it's not next week, I wouldn't expect it until sometime in April. 
They're very stubborn at the federal level about some of these restrictions. And that seems to be one that they want to double down on unless it's been enough time that they can't say the truckers got it done because they also don't want to be able to have sure. people tweeting out. Thanks, truckers. And they're waiting for it to be out of the news cycle. And it, and it looks like it is, by the way, because if you look around everywhere lately, I haven't seen a lot about truckers. I've seen a lot about gas prices. I've seen a lot about <laughs> Ford government dropping out one by one yeah, yeah. and a couple other things that are making Ukraine, obviously the war in Ukraine. So if you think about it, they probably feel like, OK, finally, it's off the radar for most people. And then that's when I can see them making any f- announcements on a federal level. It was leaked yesterday that the provincial health minister, Christine Elliott, is not going to seek re-election in the June election. And that is now another Ford cabinet minister that's saying, no thanks, I'm not coming back. Dave, were you devastated completely when you heard the news about uh, Christine Elliott? Oh, I was I tossing and turning and trying to figure out how I was going to get through my day. It's I don't know if it's a resignation as much as it is, as it is a throwing in the white towel and just sort of saying, yeah, OK, I'm out. Like, that's it. <laughs> I'm raising the flag. I'm out. Like, I, I, I'm a lame duck basically until till June at this point. I, don't ask me for anything. <laughs> that's basically how it feels. Yeah. It? Some people are speculating. She got freaked out because some protesters showed up at her house. I, I think a lot of politicians experience that. And that's never OK. You should never protest at the politician's house. You mm-hmm. should protest at the appropriate place, whether it be Queens Park or. Oh, I guess I shouldn't tell you to protest at Parliament Hill because it didn't end very well the last time that happened. But nonetheless, there are places to protest. Don't go to their homes. As far as Christine's concerned, I actually quite liked her. I did. I thought Christine was great, and she was a a leadership candidate as well. And then Doug came in and stole the whole thing. But uh, Christine worked side by side with him. And and for the first part of the pandemic, she did great. I'm not going to miss her. I'm sorry, I'm not. I get that people have that natural inclination to be like, oh, well, I guess she wasn't that bad. Or, oh, well, you know, I understand. And and they start going easy on somebody that's not coming back. And and frankly, there's way too many closed signs up in Ontario for me to say I'm going to miss her because I'm really not. Sorry, it's got to go. And and whoever the next health minister is, you have got a big fucking mess to clean up now. A really big one. We have a surgical backlog of, what is it, 200,000 surgeries waiting to happen? 200,000! Yeah, that worries me. It really does. We have no hospital capacity, apparently no testing capacity. Whoever takes over from her is coming into a whole mess of stuff. Hey, listen, if, if we're going to have this tribute party, whatever, fine, I guess, but I won't be going. Not at all. A new health minister is probably exactly what Ontario needs right now. And it wasn't going to be her anyway. Even if she did run and win, I don't think she would be in the health portfolio. So new blood is good. Let's move on from this and get on to something else. The, uh, the war in Ukraine continues. And were you guys just as shocked as I was yesterday when you read the report that they were firing missiles at a nuclear power plant? Because in my head, when I heard that, I thought, well, that's not good. You can't fire a rocket at a nuclear power plant. It's never a good idea. I have a lot of questions. I mean, they took over Chernobyl last, was it last week, early this week, whatever. I have a lot of questions about what the heck is going on there. And I don't know if there's like a true reason for it or maybe it's just to um, make headlines. I, I don't know. I can't begin to understand it. Why on earth would they send rockets into a nuclear power plant? Is there a good reason for this, Dave, that you can see here? Well, from what I saw last night, what they had sent in was not enough to to damage it to the point of of not use not being useful to them. They're they're trying to take it over. 
Um, and I, I guess it, maybe a missile makes people scatter. And what they have in their intelligence is that, you know, what they have in their intelligence is basically like this isn't going to destroy this place, um, but it is going to make people run and it's going to make it easier for us to go in and take it. The uh, finance ministers around the world, it's almost like a daily thing where almost like a pirate when they go out and get bounty. They're all bragging about all the different stuff they've seized from the rich people in Russia. In the south of France, they just see some guy's yacht that's like 300 feet long or something like that. How much money do you have to have to own a boat like that that you weren't even on? You were in Russia. It was in France. And now they seized your boat. It's amazing the kind of shit that's going on here. But what happens with it now? Like if we're here in Canada and there's a Russian asset here, maybe it's maybe it's a yacht. Can we keep that? Are we keeping that? Or are we eventually going to return that to Russia? No, it's mine now. Well, that's what I thought. Are you you suggesting we share like one weekend Scott gets it next weekend? I get it next weekend. Cat gets it next weekend. We give it to 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 Tug Ford. Like (laughs) we're just going to share it around the country. Everyone gets the yacht for the weekend and we'll just get through everybody. Doug trying to dock it at that cottage that he's got up in Muskoka. (laughs) I don't know how we're going to get it here, folks. I don't know. It's not looking good right now. (laughs) <laughs> but seriously, what do we do with all this shit? Do we sell it off and keep the money? Do we send the money to Ukraine? I don't know what we're doing with all this stuff that we seize. There's bank accounts, boats, guns, all sorts of shit that we keep seizing. Um, apparently, you imagine they send it over to. Uh, sorry, imagine they send it over to to Ukraine, and they're all like, "Thanks for the boats. What are we supposed to do with these? <laughs> like, <laughs> add great, this to the Ukrainian Navy." <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, the, the real slow moving yacht will be our biggest weapon moving forward. <laughs> um, <laughs> Volodymyr Zelensky is the president of Ukraine, and it was announced last night that he has now survived three assassination attempts in one week. Three times this week, rogue actors tried to kill the president of Ukraine and the guy's still alive. He's incredible. This is is incredible. he a Terminator or what's going yeah. on here? Because normal leaders don't do this sort of thing. No, normal leaders don't duck three assassination attempts in one week. He's the Batman, Scott. He's like the, yeah. the real life Batman. It's inc- he's incredible. I, uh, I admit I love it. If he does a news conference, I stop what I'm doing and I watch it. And I'll even watch it in in Ukrainian until they get the the subtitles up or the translation. It's pretty amazing what they're doing on the ground over there. Mm-hmm. You have a very organized Russian army invading your country. All these guys have got is some some guns that we sent them and some some bulletproof vests and some helmets and night vision goggles. And they're actually doing a decent job at preventing the Russians from overtaking their city. Good on them. That's great. The um the war is uh, obviously horrible, but the relief efforts that are going on, the amount of people that are raising money, we've touched on it a couple of times this week. I think it's awesome, and I do want to remind people that right now the government is matching donations that you make to the Red Cross. So if you donate 50 bucks, that's a $100 donation. You donate 500 bucks, that's a $1,000 donation. So if you're able to help, please do. There's also many people going through the Airbnb thing. You were talking about that this morning with Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Yeah, and really, honestly, I feel like it doesn't matter which, whatever way you choose to help. It's all going to the same places that are helping the Ukrainian people. Um, Ashton and Mila, I think most people know that Mila's Ukrainian. If not, there you go. Now you know, and she was born there. And so they started a GoFundMe page. So it's going to go to a couple different charities, one of them being the Airbnb initiative, which we 
we've talked about in the podcast uh, mm-hmm. previously this week, which is a fantastic initiative to make sure that we get um, people who need it into into homes without having to worry about uh, a cost and stay there as long as they possibly need to. So a lot of great causes. You can just, I mean, look it up and whatever tickles your fancy, whether it's a physical donation. A lot of churches, actually, probably there's a Ukrainian church near you. You're going to learn about it if you didn't already know. And they're taking a lot of uh, supplies right now. There's some places specifically taking baby stuff or maybe stuff for families, whatever it is, you can look it up. And if you can, it's it'd be great to give. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, let's switch gears here. Whisper Thread. And this is an interesting one. And I want your feedback on this, cat because it's, it's something that involves men thinking about women. Guys, in an anonymous way, that's what Whisper is, an anonymous site, have posted the little things that turn them on about women. I'm going to run through a few of them here. This guy from England says, there's nothing more sexy than a sweaty woman on the run. Hmm. What? <laughs> so, hold on, hold on. Run from you, what? You the cops? Wait, wait. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. You didn't say on a run, like someone out jogging, right? Like, no, he says on, said the, on run. the run. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> like me, a good criminal woman. Oh, shit. I saw someone jack some Tylenol from Shopper's Drug Mart. Oh, fuck. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,. It could be a run. Maybe there's just a sure. something in the sweaty. terminology. Yeah. He likes sweaty women. And you know, is that weird? <laughs> it sounds weird coming from your mouth. Yes. He likes sweaty women. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> we, we all sweat. That does sound weird. Th- those, Yeah, those are weird words to put together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like sweaty women. Well, hey, on the flip side of it, um, if you want to go the other way on it, there's a lot of people who like a, a, a sweaty guy. Uh, either sure. someone who's just worked out or, or, you know, the firefighter calendars, they're not very dry in those, are they? There's always a little moisture on those Shirts gentlemen off in, those in the calendars. pouring rain. Yeah. Usually that's how it works. Has anybody ever called <laughs> exactly. the, the fire department and said, I'd like some pictures of your firefighters, but dry this time. <laughs> not wet. Special request. <laughs> Please dry them down. <laughs> this person says, I love when women wear thin, I love when women wear thin ankle bracelets it's just so simple and sexy in the 80s. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know a lot of people who wear them right now. An I don't. Ankle brace, unless they're the court-ordered variety, and I don't know how thin they are. <laughs> Which goes hand-in-hand hand with the woman on the run. <laughs> You've Go seen- a little bit lower on the body. What do you think of the toe rings? Toe, oh, toe rings. rings. Oh, my God. I used to have like a collection of toe rings and ankle. <laughs> in the 90s, actually, they were popular for a little bit, weren't they? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is you were you should have been in the '90s and should have been much more prominently featured in the '90s because you had everything that people wanted. You had the <laughs> ankle bracelets, you had the toe rings, you had it all. Cat. I was eight, but yeah, <laughs> that was, that <laughs> that's what I mean. Extra weird. You you really had a to- uh, ring on your. I remember toe? having toe rings. Yeah, I remember toe rings being a thing. It was only like you had to go to the. It had to be a certain scenario, right? At the beach, for example, oh. like oh, I got my toe. I check out my toe ring. You had uh, your no your toe polish on and toe rings. 
they were in for a little bit. Maybe they still are in, and I just don't know. But This person says, I love when a girl has her hair up. The back of her neck is so sexy. I agree with that, actually. Hair up, that's good. Especially if you're somebody who usually wears it down. Hair up's a nice look. Is that a pain in the ass to do, though? No, no, God, it's not a pain in the ass to do. It's usually, um, and I can see that being like, uh, end of the day, sometimes you just put your hair up, but it's more casual. There's something a little casual about that. Maybe that's it. And also, you know what I like every now and again is like a ponytail when you do have it down a lot. It's, it's almost like seeing a unicorn. Like you're just like, holy shit, I've never seen that before. <laughs> so it's nice to surprise people every now and again. If you're the type to wear your hair down, you wear it up. This person says, I get turned on by women who have sports knowledge. Mm. Um, that's probably true. He probably does like it when a woman has sports knowledge. But I'm wondering, what if the woman was more sports knowledgeable than you were? Would that still be as sexy? Because people are, or guys in particular, are very finicky about the conversations they want to have about sports. And typically, they're a little set in their ways. Oh, wow. They are, are they not? Dave? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, I have female friends who are very, very into sports. And could talk people under the table if they wanted to get into a sports conversation. And there's some guys who are uncomfortable by that. Like they think that it's the wrong place, which is a totally misogynistic and stupid thing to think. But right. um, there are people who are uncomfortable with that idea that that they that a, oh my god, a woman would know more than them about sports. Like it's it's so silly. But yeah, it's it's actually out there where people are are bothered by that and then i guess <laughs> what you're saying is it's it's okay if it's a certain amount just don't be more than me yeah that's exactly what i think i mean cat and i can have a conversation about the leafs she's going to win that conversation because she knows far more about this topic than i do if we flip it around and have a conversation about the toronto rock that's going to be a little bit different mm-hmm. we all have our strengths and weaknesses but i find that sometimes guys when they oh i wish i had a girl who knew sports no, you wish you had a girl who knew a little more about sports. I don't know that you necessarily want a girl that knows more than you about sports, even though that's great. Uh, if you can flip it, is there any turn on to being asked about sports? And I'll give you an example. You're a go- you know everything there is to know about golf, right? You mm. are the golf guy. So if your girlfriend asks you a lot of questions and finds it interesting, is there a turn on there where they seem interested in that sport? And, and, and to you as well, Dave, with the, the sports that you like, no. is it a turn on at all if they're asking you a lot of questions? Not at all. No, shut okay. up. I'm watching golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, fuck. You can ask me afterwards, but don't ask me now. Not during? You could time. at least wait for a commercial, and then I'll explain to you the difference between a driver and a wedge. What's he doing? Where's he going? Oh, was that a good shot? Is that a badge thing? Yeah. What's a birdie? What does that even mean? It's like reverse color commentary, watching <laughs> that. Seriously. What does eagle mean? <laughs> What does eagle mean? Why is it called eagle? It'd be like talking through a, yeah, it'd be like talking through a movie or something like that, right? Yeah. That's what you don't want Shut somebody up. to do. I, I would have, I, I don't know if I find it specifically attractive if if they were talking about sports or something, but the fact that they're taking an interest in something I'm interested in, that's nice. Yeah, sure, that's absolutely. something I appreciate. But you know, it could be about anything. Cal, how would you feel if again I'm being very stereotypical in this sense, but if there was a if there was a guy who came up and was like, you know, I want to talk all about uh, the Bachelor. I want to talk all about that show, and I want to get into the nitty gritty. Are you like, hmm, I like what this guy's bringing to the table? Here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things. I don't. I agree with you that I don't necessarily think that's a turn on. But if you're trying to get, take an interest in what I'm interested in, yeah, I mean that's great. But it's not necessarily yeah. like, oh, that's hot. 
like I, this list suggests. Ironically, in the scat, uh, the Scott and Cat partnership, um, I'm the one who knows more about the Bachelor. So you can come to me <laughs> for the Bachelor chats and talk to Cat about the Leafs. I have a minimal, minimal knowledge. Uh, this person says, "I'm actually turned on by women who smoke weed. I don't know why." Okay, like a lot. Like a, like a lot of weed, I mean, like like smelling like it. I don't know exactly. He just says he's turned. I'm guessing he too smokes a lot of weed. Sure. I mean, that would make sense. This person says, my turn on girls who use proper grammar. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it's always nice when we are well spoken. To me, it's not the grammar. To me, it's the vocabulary. I love people who love the language and can use it to the fullest extent. You're a stickler for grammar too. Well, it's Dave. a perception. Yeah, it's a perception of intelligence, right? And if 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 you're into the intelligence of somebody, and that does turn you on, then yeah, that that would go along with that exactly. Uh, I I watched Big Brother Canada earlier this week, and there was somebody that was on the show that um, needed a geography lesson. This is a grown adult who didn't know what that there were oceans that touched Canadian soil. Uh, what? This is an adult. Yeah, this I is saw, a, this is a, the same this thing. This is a person. Saw. Yeah. A functioning member of society didn't know uh, and was confused about which oceans touched Canadian soil uh, and was also confused thinking like they just found out that we have lakes in Canada. And, like, we have the biggest Canadian. lakes this in the world that are freshwater. The Great Lakes. Like, I, like they're all <laughs> I just I was my, my head was shaking. I'm like, I'm like, I, I can't understand how this person has made it this far. Like, what? How do we how do we not know this? Like, ah. And so that frustrated me, and um, I found the person to be way less attractive. Like they may be physically attractive, but I, I, it, it was like a no. I, if I couldn't get through a three minute conversation with this person, I don't think I'm okay with it. I couldn't do it. This person says, "I love women who aren't ashamed to admit that they love porn." Uh, okay, it's a, a conversation that maybe you guys can have. Maybe you don't even know that about your partner. Go ahead and ask. But get specific. Get weird. Get into genres. Find out exactly what it is they like get about porn. Weird. <laughs> make it fucking go- make it as awkward as possible. Please make this uncomfortable when you have that conversation. And last but certainly not least, uh, this guy here says, "I love bossy, controlling women. That's my biggest turn on." Uh. Uh. Is that somebody who really just kind of wants to be mothered? Yeah, that's the thing. Is it, it actually doesn't surprise me at all. I, 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 I kind of, I think I know some people that are like that. That like that. That kind of enjoy uh, being told what to do and where to go. Not specifically. Not like, hey, you're gonna wake up, you're gonna do this, then you're gonna brush your teeth, then you're gonna do this. It's more like a, you know, I, let, I'm gonna, I will. It is mothering. Like to me, that is kind of more of a mothery thing. And whether you you want to argue if that's deep rooted in something else that's going on with that person, or maybe they just really do need yep. clear direction. I think there's a lot of people that really need clear direction and feel like without their the person in their life, their current sp- partner, or maybe their spouse in general, they really feel like they would be lost. And they've they're just used to doing whatever they say, and they set the schedule, and they tell you where you got to be, and what party you're going to, and what movie you're gonna go see, and they probably feel lost. Those t- those are the types of people that probably feel lost if they had if they had no no con- no direction basically and had all the control themselves. So I think that there is something weird to it that they there's people that even if they complain and they might complain to their guy friends, they might complain to their family about it and joke about it like, oh fuck, she's cracking the whip again. But secretly they fucking like it. They like that whip. Yeah, getting cracked. <laughs> I think so. Um, I don't know. I. 
I don't really want to be told what to do, but I would also like to be told if I'm telling someone what to do. I, I Do your own thing. Yeah. It's fine. Let's all be respectful of each other in their time. I agree. And if, by the way, and if I... Something to be said about like a, a take charge kind of situation, and that's what you like, like somebody who isn't going to wait to be told what to do and, and get, get working on things. And if they know that you need to do certain things, then they're going to let you know. Maybe that's part of that, where it's like, all right, well, I know that there's not going to be a lot of messing around here. We're going to get right to it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just, or some people just like bitches, and, and that's how it comes across. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it could be as simple as that. It could be as simple as that. It could be more complex and deep-rooted, like I said. It could be There could be a mixed bag of people out there. I'm just thinking from the perspective of the person who's controlling, I just can't even. Like, I... You, you're you, you, and I'm me. And if you need me to actually set an appointment for you, no, I'm not your receptionist, and I'm certainly not your mother. It's not happening. We uh, got a request this morning on our FM radio show to include something in the podcast that we talked about on the show this morning, and it has to do with Costco. Costco's great. Costco's fantastic. I think most people know that. But there's a lot of hacks at Costco, especially and particularly when it comes to the labels of the products, the price tags, if you will. But I I call them price tags, but you know what I mean? They're ginormous at Costco, like everything is. They're like 10 times the usual size. But there's a lot of messages, I would say hidden messages, but they're not even hidden, that you can find out as a consumer of Costco to to find out more about the products or the sales or or basically cost per use. So um, there's a TikToker that works at Costco. Now, keep in mind, because we I know we have Canadian and uh, American listeners to the podcast, some of the stuff in terms of the organic uh, stuff that you're going to hear is mainly American from what we've heard, but still all good tips. So here's a TikToker explaining to you all of the little hidden things that you may not have known about the big giant price tags at Costco. On the price tag in the bottom left-hand corner, you're going to see a price per use. For example, these garbage bags are $0.09 per garbage bag, opposed to these, which are $0.21 per garbage bag. Our Tide, which is $0.17 per load, or Kirkland, which is going to be $0.08 per load. And this goes for everything at Costco, guys. So make sure you're looking in the bottom left-hand of those price tags to make sure you're getting the best deal possible. I'm doing that with the coffee from now on. That's the one that I'll usually get. It's the like a, price a per bunch unit? of coffee. Yeah, price per unit. Price mm-hmm. per unit's a very, very smart way to do it. And it's a good way to figure out what's best because you see, you know, the Kirkland brand, but maybe you don't like it as much. You don't like it as much as this particular name brand, but at least you can figure it out like, oh, it's definitely worth spending 13 more cents per unit on that because I like it better. And there's more. He also explained the price tags. Have you ever noticed that their price tags have this asterisk in the right-hand corner? That means that that product is no longer going to be carried there. How about if the price tag is green instead of white? If it's green, it means that the product is organic. And if you ever notice, sometimes their prices end in a 39, 49, 69. That means that it's a manager special. If it's 99, that means it's full price. Huh. Interesting. I, love that. I like that. I hate when they discontinue stuff you like too. So that's when you hoard. That when you see that asterisk and you like that product. You hoard it because it's probably not coming back. Last one. He talks about how to get around things if you don't have a membership at Costco. How can I possibly shop at Costco and not spend all that money up front to get a membership? There's a hack. Listen to this. Now, you know, if you have no membership at Costco, you unfortunately can't shop there. Sorry. Or can you? Yes, there is a way. If you already know somebody that has a membership, you can have them go to Costco and purchase a Costco gift card for you. You give them the cash, they give you the card, and voila, you can now use that card to enter into Costco and purchase whatever you want. Even if what you're buying exceeds the amount of the gift card, you pay the difference and boom. 
That's amazing. Just like that. Apparently, you have to go to customer service is the one asterisk, if you will, that we got in the in the morning from someone who works there that says that's absolutely true. You do have to go to customer service, though. And like, I guess you got to, I don't know if you got to like fill something out or something just to let them know like, yeah, I don't have membership. I know, but I can go ahead today and I can purchase goods. But you could technically continue to do that every single time. Well, all you need is to get in the door. Yeah. So when you get in the door, you flash your little gift card, which looks just like a membership card. You do your shop, you get up to the till and say, ah, fuck, I didn't know I was supposed to go to customer service. Well, I'm here. Ring me out. And maybe it won't matter by the time you get to the till. I don't know, because I've never done it. I'm a sucker that actually has a Costco membership (laughs) and pays for it. So I need like a $2 Costco gift card so that I can get in and out without having to renew my card. Maybe that'll work for some people. I mean, for me, it's like it's 60 bucks for the basic. I think it's worth it every single time, especially if you've got a big family and, and, and that, you know, that's and you shop for everything there. Right. And you could save money that way. But yeah, if you know someone who, who's or wants to test it out, I don't think it's bad on Costco to allow that to happen. But you wonder if they're going to change it going forward now that this is really leaking out. All right. Let's uh, fire up the hot takes here. Simple question. Is soup a meal? Yes. What? Y- y- yes. What? <laughs> Dave, is soup a meal? Uh, yeah, it can be. Absolutely. Well, you're vegan. I mean, I'm sure you eat more soup than the average person, I would think, right? I eat a fair amount of soup. You and your vegetable <laughs> sure. broth. Why don't you go drink more vegetable broth, uh, right. vegan? <laughs> you loser. <laughs> 45% of us say it's hearty enough to qualify as a meal. That means 55%. Eat soup and don't think they ate a meal. Are we talking like a can of Campbell's? Or are we talking yeah. like if you eat a big fucking can <laughs> of of the Campbell's stew or something like that, don't even try and pretend you didn't have a meal. If you eat a can of chicken noodle soup, I kind of see where they're coming from. Nobody eats just a can of soup and thinks... Well, I'm probably good for the rest of the day now. They pair it up with some toast or some grilled cheese or something, right? Something. Yeah. By the way, if you have... Or an, an entire sleeve of Premium Plus. Crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. If you have tomato soup, that's not a meal. It's not a meal. Chicken noodle soup borders on a meal. Vegetable soup, maybe probably not even a meal it's got to be hearty it's got to be a well-rounded thing to be a meal does it not i guess again i can still qualify no like i could still qualify it as as a meal a lighter meal of course it's not like a same as a plate of lasagna but it's (laughs) it's a it's a meal you can get that in a can too now though (laughs) (laughs) chef wardy baby you, you don't need you don't need four servings of something in order for it to be considered a meal a meal's a like you're sitting down and eating something that's a meal. Like whether you want to add a salad to it or whether you want to add a, a sleeve of crackers, whatever you want, that's fine. But if you just want a bowl of soup, I can't see how that's not a meal. Uh, speaking of meals, one in three people, this is how much people love breakfast. One in three people say they would give up dinner to have a second breakfast. Mm. How much food do you need before noon? Two breakfasts seems a little excessive to me. Now, that's coming from somebody who doesn't eat breakfast. Never. But there's people out there who would skip their, I don't know, steak and potatoes tonight to get an extra bacon, eggs, and pancakes in the morning. 
Breakfast foods are the best foods, I think. Think so? I think so. I mean, and I'm I'm with you, by the way. I don't even eat. I don't even eat breakfast just because of what we do for a living. It's a weird time. I'm never hungry when I wake up. But breakfast foods in general are there's a variety. It's a great variety of food. I mean, you could go eggs or bacon. You could do uh, what I don't know. There's a ton of different toast Sausage options there. You could go ham. avocado and. Whatever, you could go healthy, you could be just downright gross and do a bowl of Fruit Loops. I mean, you could do whatever you want. There's a lot of different breakfast foods. Are Fruit Loops gross? Well, I mean, just in terms yes. of like nutritional <laughs> nutritional value, yes. <laughs> the one definitive thing Dave said in the entire podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah they're gross. <laughs> yes, they are gross. Yeah, absolutely. 65%. I don't think it... <laughs> I don't think there's ever a time where I ever thought this is this is exactly what I wanted to eat right now. <laughs> hey, the milk <laughs> afterwards. Fruit Loops. <laughs> the milk afterwards is great though. Back to this. 65% say breakfast foods taste better at dinner. And 65% have used their leftovers from dinner and repurposed them into their breakfast the next day. What? I mean, I guess that's hey, we're going to have a roast beef dinner tonight. They'll take the leftover roast beef and somehow incorporate that into their breakfast the next day. Maybe they make a beef omelet or oh. <laughs> something. I, no, but people are doing that bad. shit. I don't. I, that one I don't get. Like unless you're super hungover and it's pizza, there's no and there's no way that you should do that. No way. One in. Th- I, oh, sorry. I, go uh, ahead. Dave. Can I let me present this as an option? So a, a thin slice of roast beef with an egg on like an English muffin or something like that. It's the same thing as a breakfast sandwich. You're just using a different beef or a different meat. I mean, I, I think that sounds like it would be pretty good. Yeah, it doesn't have to be all pork in the morning, everybody. <laughs> you can have some beef every <laughs> yeah. now and again. And by the way, ham for breakfast is kind of dumb. I'm just saying it's kind of dumb. But every diner in the world will offer you that choice. Bacon, sausage or ham. Who picks the ham? The ham is only good on a, an Egg McMuffin. That's the only time. But it's popular. People eat it all the time. One of the breakfast foods that might be not an option for dinner is the sweet stuff. We're talking the cereals and the Pop-Tarts and shit like that. <laughs> One in four people only eat sweets for breakfast, whether it be your cereals or those type things. I can't do it. I honestly can't. I've tried. Even when I'm on vacation and I start getting back into more of a normal routine, the thought of eating that much sugar in the morning actually makes me anxious. It'll take the entire day to burn that off. If you have a bowl of Fruit Loops, I'll use your Fruit Loops example again. <laughs> a bowl of Fruit Loops is just way too much sugar for a day, let alone for one meal, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would think so. I, I think of it as like a treat cereal, I, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. I, I tend to go by in my house, and this is just, because I have kids, so it's a little different, but for in my house, for them, it's got to be single-digit sugar, or I don't get it, and if I do get one box, it's a, it's a treat. That's a treat cereal. You don't have that for breakfast. You can have that as a treat. Yeah, but you probably also think like fucking avocado on toast is a treat. Well, that's, that is a lovely like, get treat, out of here. actually. <laughs> uh, Dave, you agree with me, don't you? I do, yeah. Avocado yeah, on, on a nice go. piece of rye bread is Nothing quite good. With it, yeah, right? I'm, I'm 77 years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in, in your current condition as a vegan, uh, what are your options for breakfast? Because <laughs> condition. I'm looking at the, <laughs> the list here. I mean, eggs, omelets pancakes, coffee, sausage, bacon, milk. I don't think many of those things fit into a typical breakfast routine for a vegan. Vegan versions of all of those, maybe. 
Yeah, there are. There, everything you said, there's a vegan version of it. Mm-hmm. There's a plant-based version of everything you said. So I don't have a problem finding food. I never have a problem finding it. And there's so many more. If you're going to go out for breakfast, there's so many more restaurants that are offering vegan mm-hmm. opportunities uh, and vegan options. And, and that's great. And at home, you can make tons of them. There's so many. There's egg alternatives. There's all kinds of great things. I, I don't I don't struggle. No, <laughs> I have no problem finding the food. Same with keto. It's easy to find a version of all of those in, in keto too. Aside from the ones that are already keto, like the meats and the eggs and things like that. But like the pancakes and the waffles, there's more and more options for, for people. Hmm. Last but certainly not least, and I picked this up on social media today. It was this bizarre post that was insisting Batman is actually the best superhero. Oh, I know. It was on Kat's Facebook. That's where I saw it. Because Batman is the best superhero. (laughs) Um, It's amazing, though, how polarizing even that is. I thought, okay, great. We're not discussing mandates. We're not discussing masks. We're not discussing any of that sort of shit. Let's have a conversation about superheroes. And even at that, people are calling each other sheep. Oh, you like fucking Green Lantern, eh? Fuck you, sheep. I'm loving it. Seriously. No, I love that this is what we're fighting about. Like this, I have been waiting for days like this to come where we're fighting over something like who's the best superhero. I have missed these days and I'm excited about it. And yeah, I'm team Batman every time because the Batman is in theaters this week. And I declare again, he's better than, yes, Superman, obviously, but most superheroes because he didn't fall from another planet. He didn't get dunked in goo. He wasn't born a mutant and he still kicks ass. He's a guy that saw some shit as a kid. He used his money to create an awesome cave and cool gadgets, learned how to use them, learned how to fight himself. Some people say, yeah, but he's rich. That makes it that much better because he could sit on his ass and do nothing he's the best playboy there is that bruce wayne he could sit on his ass and get tail all day instead the guy treks himself into that batmobile and fights crime every fucking night i'd like to see you do that if you're a billionaire i think batman's the best superhero and i don't think anyone can change my mind thank you for coming to my ted talk um wow okay (laughs) let's uh let's unpack a little bit of that here first off you though even though you love batman as much as you do still insist Michael Keaton was the best one. So far, I haven't seen the new one. I'm hearing rave reviews about Robert Pattinson, though, and I'm super excited to see it because I'm a Robert Pattinson fan, not just because of Twilight. There's actually a couple other movies he's done that he's very, very good in. And I am hearing he's... Some people are declaring him the best one ever. So I'm excited to see it. So it's not George Clooney. <laughs> or Val Kilmer. Oh. <laughs> certainly oh, certainly no. not. Real fans, they consider that like their Omicron wave. Aww. Like, oh, that's you had sad to bring that time up. when Val was fucking Batman. <laughs> you had to bring that up. <laughs> oh. I don't think I don't think Val Kilmer was a bad Batman. I, I think it was uh, it was George Clooney when he was Batman. He had nipples on his suit. Why? Why did Batman's suit have nipples? It Why was not? Because he's a feminist, Dave. Because it's, a feminist. it's realistic, Dave. Like, hello. <laughs> what, how are nipples a feminine thing? Everybody <laughs> it was a them. nod to the ladies. That's what it was. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with a nipple suit. <laughs> he couldn't control that either. So why didn't he have a belly button ring or something on, on the suit Sometimes it's well, just then? cold. <laughs> Sometimes so it's just cold, Dave. Fuck. Um, okay, so, but... So when you... If you want to define a superhero, is it based on ability is it based on who they are because you, you, you threw a lot of shade at superman there for a second yes he is an alien but he's also super in the sense that he is more than the average person well 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 cat 
What do you think of that? No, I mean, no. To me, they're all they're all heroes, and and re- real people can be heroes. They're all superheroes in in one way or another. If you fight crime, you're a superhero. And in this case, Batman, because he has the uh, just a, a, such a kind heart of gold, and yes, he's a little messed up in the head, and his obsession with bats is weird and stuff. He still chooses to live this life and worked hard to get to where he is. And I find that commendable, sir. Commendable, other you, than other than falling from the sky. You're I'm suggesting not even he's the blue collar hero yeah, of the superhero is. world. I think he's wow. one of them. And you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. Fall, coming from another planet, of course. And I don't even hate on Superman. Superman's fine. He's great. And anyone who fights crime, that's good. And all, all of them are so, great. Captain America is another example of right. one that I believe doesn't have any like super mutations or you know, I don't know, fucking fell in a goo or whatever the heck else is going or was it made in a lab by someone with. <laughs> <laughs> shit like that. And he's pretty cool, too. Okay, but Spider-Man was just a regular guy who, through no fault of his own, happened to get bit by a spider. Sure. He can't help the fact that that happened. I mean, if you got bit by a spider and turned into, I don't know, whatever the fuck you would turn into, I wouldn't blame you. So Spider-Man shouldn't be penalized anymore. I'm not penalizing. And, I'm just saying who's best. It's not about penalizing others. Spider-Man doesn't need any gadgets. He doesn't need a butler. He doesn't need a He's nice car. He's got gadgets built into his body. He's got the webs anytime he wants. All <laughs> spiders do. Yeah, exactly. So that is actually a gadget, if you will. It's just built into his body because he got bit by a messed up spider. That's remarkable that Watch you want to, with a straight face, say to these people that are good enough to be listening, and hopefully they still are after your outrageous commentary, that, that Batman is the best superhero. I, I, I truly don't know if I really know you as well as I thought I did. <laughs> I, I would like to submit this for uh, conversation. By Kat's definition, would you consider Dexter a superhero? Well, Dexter's a vigilante as well. So, and I do believe Batman would fall under the vigilante category. And I, I think that I would probably call him that, along with a lot of police officers and firefighters. But that's the part that I like about him the most. That's why I think he's the best. He doesn't need to have any superpowers, you know, technically speaking, but it is a superpower to be such an amazing, incredible human to use your resources for good. That's why I think he's the most incredible. Huh. Dave, who is the best superhero in your estimation? Would you say it was uh, Superman? Yeah, I grew up Superman. Superman was my favorite from a a young age. And then when I started getting into Marvel, um, I started liking Thor and Incredible Hulk. And I think the Marvel comparison to Batman is Iron Man. Ah, Yes, you're correct. You're absolutely correct. And the money thing, the whole thing lines up. You're absolutely right. And Iron Man's great, too. Mm -hmm. But not as good as Batman? Um, Batman just, you know... Near and dear to my heart. Iron Man came a long way later. So that's Did you why. like get saved by Batman or something? Because it's almost like you're defending him um, like you owe him. Excuse me. I've been kissed by a rose, actually. <laughs> ah, good. Uh, and on that, yeah, we're at time here. We will wrap things up for today. Thanks for checking out this episode of After 9, guys. We'll have a brand new one coming your way on Monday. Is there anyone we owe an apology to in this episode, Dave? Yeah, there's a few people. Uh, not a ton this week. I felt like we we kept it pretty straight and narrow. Uh, apologies to Christine Elliott. I'm not apologizing. Um, we apologize to... Well, the <laughs> you can two apologize three for apologies yourself. for Christine. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize to Spider-Man because some spiders, uh, some of the Spider-Man stories, he had the webs built in. In other ones, he had the actual cartridges built into the suit. So that's like a super... Um, Kat, I need to correct you right now. Uh, no typing in the basement kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, said they're not all the same Batman. You're not all the same Spider Man. Um, we also have to apologize to people who like bat suits with nipples. 
Um, and uh, generally, uh, women in, in, in general, just apologizing to women. All women. Yeah. <laughs> Have yourselves a fantastic weekend, everybody. We will uh, catch you right back here Monday with another episode of After Nine. The JetBlue pilot was removed from the cockpit of a plane in Buffalo because he was suspected of being drunk. Yeah. <laughs> After he blew into the breathalyzer, didn't even say a number, just said new high score. And you go... <laughs> A JetBlue pilot blew twice the legal limit after being removed from the cockpit of a plane. They were immediately suspicious since the flight was Delta. (laughs) IKEA announced that it's closing all 17 of its stores in Russia. IKEA said that they'll do whatever it can to throw a useless tiny wrench into Russia's economy. (laughs) Defense officials in Ukraine have warned that the Kremlin could be using deep fake videos to spread misinformation to Russians. Okay. I knew Putin didn't have an Iron Man suit. Next year, HBO Max will begin streaming U.S. soccer matches. Of course, since it's HBO, every match will have full frontal nudity. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.